Welcome to Passion Life Church. Grateful for my friends, you know, Phil and Val. What I love about it is over the last couple of years, in case you haven't noticed, we went through a shaking on the planets. How many people were aware of that, huh? What could be shaken is being shaken, has been shaken. And the shaking shifted, that sifted a lot of people that we thought had roots in them. A lot of people said that they believed truth, they ended up believing lies. Good people. Friends, family, come on somebody. People that you thought were really strong and committed to people and then they chose not so, not so much. The shaking sifted a lot of people. But for those who had roots and those who had character and those who chose faith, it actually shifted you, not sifted you. Let me say that again, because I look across a congregation. I had a chance to come here with a great meeting with a couple of my friends, Dr. Michael Maiden, a phenomenal minister who's a great friend of this church. He's got a church in Arizona. He's a great prophet, actually. Uh, Jurgen Matesius, great pastor down in San Diego, and a friend of ours, Tim Story. And we had a big meeting here. I mean, we had three days of just great meetings here. And then COVID hit. Oh, my gosh. And it would have been so easy with the school closing and so many obstacles and hindrances and all of our great team showing up to take out, take down, to pick up, to do all these things. And you didn't know who was going to show because COVID has freaked out so many people. Come on. Everyone was nervous. People were going through family challenges, economic challenges. But what I love about our church, and I say our church because I feel like I'm a little bit of a part of it. Come on. I'm a little bit of the part. Come on. You, you got the huero. Come on. You got a huero. A huero pelon. In Spanish, that means bald white guy. Come on, somebody. But what I love about our church is the resilience and the bounce back power that we've had on the inside of us. And it shows that when Jesus builds something and we build with God, and I love what Pastor Phil talked about, building in the light of eternity and having a heart for the house that builds. And what God builds, it might be shook, but it stands. And look across this room today. There's marriages that have been restored, people's health been restored, people forgiven of their sins, people lifted, encouraged, living in faith. How many of you have your life? Life has been greatly enriched in the last 12 months at Passion Life Church. Come on, lift your hands high. I love it. Come on. I love it. There's so many great testimonies that come in and you hear about it and I love it. So my wife and I are always privileged to, you know, be a part of this. Uh, before I say a couple words that's going to help you launch into 2024, I know people have a lottery mentality that somehow magically tonight at 12 o'clock, everything's going to be different. How many know, come on, everybody ever lived that fantasy out? Am I the only one? I'm not being a hypocrite. Everybody, I think, that has had grown up a little bit in maybe Western culture has this idea that everything's going to be different come midnight. Magically, the clock's going to mean, come on, weight's going to fall off me. Come on, my holiday pounds. Come on, somebody. And by the way, if you want to lose, everybody, come on, wants to lose a little bit of weight. I don't know, come on. It, just by faith, just grab a piece that you want to lose. Come on, somebody. And if the person next to you doesn't grab one, grab theirs for them. Come on, somebody. You're joking. Laughter does good like medicine, the Bible says. Kids laugh 100, 270 plus times a day. Adults, four. I don't know about you. No wonder Jesus said, approach life like a kid. Don't lose your innocence. Man, one-third of his God kingdom is joyfulness and life. I don't know about you. That's one thing that they can't take from me. Life can throw a lot of things at you, but I'm not going to surrender my joy. How many know the most spiritual thing you can do going into 2024? is not even fasting. The most spiritual thing you can do in 2024 is rejoice and not give your joy away. 
If you want to be more spiritual than you've ever been before, then you need to be more joyful than you've ever been before. It's one-third of God's kingdom. Come on. There's, in heaven, people are happy there. They don't have, they're not moody there. They don't go through mood swings in heaven. But I want to think about this just for a minute. I want you to think about what is the one thing, if you were to look at your life last 12 months, what's one thing that you're most proud of? Either something you've overcome, something that you pursued and you conquered or achieved it, or maybe it's somebody you met. or something. What's one thing that you're so proud of today? Not prideful, but proud of. Come on that you feel very honored and special. And sometimes we don't reflect on our life and just how far we've come. But I, re- I guarantee you, if we look back a year ago and we were to say, man, where would my life be in 12 months? Many of us have overcome some challenges. Many of us have conquered some things and work environments. Come on, emotional hangups and hurts and habits. Anybody in here? Anybody here? Come on, I'm talking to people that grew, right? Two laws of life. Anything that doesn't grow, dies. Anything that fails to give gets eliminated. Two laws of life. You ever learn those two laws of life? It'll keep you growing. Come on. And it'll keep you giving. Why? Because giving makes you feel alive. Growing makes you feel alive. But how many of you have a moment over the last 12 months that, man, I could really be proud of if I chose to really focus on that? Anybody have a moment like that over the last 12 months? Somebody just tell me, what have you been proud of? Just, just holler it out. Yell at it. Thank you for the overwhelming response. It's awesome. Come on. Somebody tell me what you're proud of. Miss, what are you? What have you been proud of? Yes, ma'am. If you chose to be proud, what? Growth. Awesome. Somebody else. Come on. I like you in the striped shirt, miss. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Overcoming addiction. That's powerful. Come on. I love that. That's a big deal. Anybody else ever battled addiction? Come on. Come on, you can take one step forward, come on, two steps back, but the fact that you got bounce back power and overcome by the grace of God, that's a testimony. And if it happened for you, it can happen for other people. Hey, let me tell you something, that testimony is a prophecy, not just a testimony of what happened just for you, it's a prophecy to other people in here that what God got you out of can happen for anybody else that's in this room. That's why I want to draw some attention to it, because God's grace, come on, can do what man can't. Somebody else, tell me something that happened that you're proud of this year. Yes, ma'am. You strengthen your relationship with God? I love that. How has that changed your life? Tremendous more peace? Yes, ma'am. Without God. Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout. That's awesome. Turn to the person next to you. You'll do it this way. Turn to the person next to you and tell them what you're most grateful for that you have going into 2024. Come on. Tell them real quick before I speak here. Tell them. Come on. Tell them what you're grateful for. Tell them what you're grateful for before you step into 2024. Come on. Talk out loud. Come on. Some of you. Come on. No mute spirits in here. I love it. All right. If you have your Bible, go with me to Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to read a scripture before I go to Joshua 1, but go to Joshua chapter 1. I want to encourage you, if you never have before, I usually stay on the New Testament and just read the Gospels over and over, but I really want to encourage you in your Bible reading and how many know, come on, you're as close to God as you want to be, and if God seems like he's distant, we're the only one that's moved, so we can come close to him and he'll come close to us. 
If you don't feel God, you can still find him in his word. How many know that's true? You don't find God in your feelings. You find him in his word. God is not equal to your feelings. God oftentimes asks you to live above your feelings. In a culture that's addicted to everything how we feel, it would do us well and serve us well to go back to his word to find out his thoughts on how we should live going into 2024. How many, how many know one idea from God, one thought from God can really change the course of your life? His word says it'll build you up every time you go to it. So if anybody's ever down, you can always go back to it. And it's able to give you knowledge of things that God has for you to take charge of that you possess that a lot of us, we live blind to. I love that about the Bible. So Psalm 65, 11, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to go to Joshua 1. And I want to say is Joshua 1 through Joshua 5 or 6, actually Joshua 6. It'd be good to meditate a little bit in those chapters over the next couple of days. But let me do this real quickly. Psalm 65, 11, it says, you crown the year with your goodness. Ooh, that's good right now. Someone say, God's already crowned this year with goodness. Watch this. And your paths for this year drip with abundance. Ooh, some of you have been allergic to abundance and you need to get acquainted with it. Come on, somebody. You start talking you start talking abundance, you have allergic reaction. Oh, that's not me. Not me. I came from the poor. I came from this. I came from that. Notice that God doesn't reference your backstory or your background to determine his plans for you. In the New Testament, 3 John 2 says God's plans for you are to prosper you, to give you health, and that your soul will prosper. How many of you know, come on, life's way too short to suffer. There's a lot of people that got a lot of stuff, a lot of things, a lot of relationships, even things you prayed for, but when you suffer in your soul, you don't enjoy your health, and you don't enjoy the abundance of things and the prosperous ideas and things God's given you. How many know, come on, soul prosperity, I would have that. I want that because then I can handle outside prosperity. Come on. If I have some soul peace, then I don't need peace in things. I don't need peace in spending. I don't need peace in lust. I don't need peace in other. No, no, I can have real peace if I have soul peace. Anybody with me on this type of an idea? But God's wish for you, I've already crowned it in 2024, regardless of Joe Biden ever says it or not. Come on. Regardless of CNN says it or not, regardless of Fox News says it or not, come on, you're such a good, you're awesome. I love how you serve. You're such a good guy. I wish I could grow a beard like you. That's really cool. I didn't know envy was going to be in my 2024 speech, but anyways. But God's already made up his mind about this year that he's crowned it with abundance. Abundance. Joshua chapter 1. I want to just read a couple of scriptures, and then I'm going to flow into this real quickly. Verse 1, and I'm going to read through 1 through 9 quickly. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, the Lord spoke to Joshua, who was the son of a person named Nun, who was Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, I want you to arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people to the land that I'm giving them, the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I'm going to give it to you, just as I told Moses, or Mo, depending on what translation. For the wilderness, from the wilderness to the Lebanon, he's just talking about territory here. We'll go to verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. 
as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I will not leave you nor abandon you. Oh, this is good. Come on. Wouldn't that be awesome? God came to you and goes, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. As I was with David and as I was with Esther, and I'm going to be with you. As I was with Mother Mary, I'm going to be with you. As I was with cussing Peter, I'm going to be with you. As I was with stealing Judas, and come on, Paul the apostle, the killer of Christians, till he became the leader of Christians. I'll be with you. As I am with Jesus, the Father saying, I will be with you. Imagine how life would be different if that became not information, but revelation inside of us, that God would be with me just like he's going to be with Jesus when he walked the earth. As God was with Moses, a man that had a stuttering problem, that killed a man, that had weaknesses, that said he was nothing, that he wasn't worth using, living on the backside of a desert, and God all of a sudden raised him up to part a Red Sea, come on, to knock out kings, to do all kinds of crazy things and lead three million people. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you, Joshua. Someone say he's with me. Someone say he's in me. Slap the person next to you, say, he's with you. Act like it. Verse 6, be strong, Joshua, and of good courage. I like this because God's talking to his kid, Joshua, like a coach, like a father to a son, not to a baby anymore. He's talking to someone that's got a, a little bit of life experience. Anybody had any experience? Anybody gone through a little bit of life the last three years that kind of opened your eyes? Come on. You got tricked without the treat. Maybe what tricked you three years ago has now trained you so you don't get tricked this year. Because you're not walking into where everything's back to normal. Everything's not back to normal. It'll never go back to the way it was in 2019. We need to be prepared, have a saved mind, a stirred up mind, a sound mind, a sober mind. Come on. But we got to realize that what happens in the world does not condition or determine who we become, what we give, how we grow, and what we do for the kingdom. The Bible says we actually acquire abundance through persecution and adversity. You can't be allergic to adversity and do anything great in this world. You can't have a great marriage without being and be allergic to adversity. How many know adversity happens to us all? It's how we handle it and what we do in spite of it that determines whether our lives are actually fulfilling and fruitful, come on, or fruitless. Because we all go through seasons no matter how Jesified you look, come on. No matter how much church knowledge you got, you do go through some winter seasons. You will have some off days in 2024. You will have some disappointments in 2024. But if you, dis come on, if you discipline the disappointments, you don't got to live in disappointment, but you can live in the desire and the destiny of God. And you don't got to live like, a, the Bible says God's spirit on you makes you different. The thing that distinguishes you from every other person is not your bank account, is not your eye color, is not all that. It's the fact that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, is inside of you. 
Someone's going to get this inside of their mind and not walk into. You used to be an addict. Now you isn't. The spirit of God's inside you. Now you're righteous. You used to be lustful. You used to be greedy. You used to be a slave of your emotions. You used to be, come on, impoverished. But the Bible says that in Christ, I'm a new person. I got the spirit of Jesus inside me. As God was with Jesus, he's with me. Wow, how was he with Jesus? When Jesus walked up to Lazarus' tomb, come out, Laz. He came out. As he was with Jesus, he is with me. He's in the middle of a storm. I command that storm to become silent, and it was good. Come on. I took a little bit of five loaves, two fish. As God was with Jesus, he'll be with me. He took a little, and he multiplied and gave it a lot. As he was with Jesus, so he was with me. Jesus needed transportation to get to the cross. So he said, I want to loose that donkey over there. He'll loose resources so you can walk and go into a new direction. God's got places for you to get, and he's going to loose resources for you to get there. Let me just go and prophesy for a minute. God has destinations on this church. He dried up this because he's loosening things to bring us into a permanent place for a children's ministry, for young people's ministry, for people with addiction to get help. Can I get a little, give me a Lord, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Give me energy on that. The Lord has need of it. When the Lord has need of it, you'll find that there's nothing and then there's something. Oh, you're, you're about to be shocked. God's about, let me just go ahead and just prophesy, and I'll get back to my message just for a minute. God's about to raise up the most unlikely heroes you've ever seen in America and the world. There's going to be unlikely people. He's raising up Rahab's. The Lord is raising up Rahab's. They've been known for they were a prostitute. They were known as, but they had an encounter with Jesus. Encounters of the God kind, of the Jesus kind, are going to invade all kinds of places because God's going to raise up advocates all over this country, all over Europe, all over the nations of the world because the end is not yet. It's not time for the one world order. It's not time for the one world order. There will be a breach of security that will happen in America in 2024, probably around the months of June. But your identity in God will keep you from being sucked into the identity that the government owes you. Someone needs to listen. Someone needs to listen. If you got an ear to hear, hear. You got an ear to hear. He's going to raise up advocates. You're going to see a destruction in the industry in Hollywood. But God's going to raise up the believers to have the voice. He's not going to let the creative arts be perverted any longer. When God was awakening, jo when God was awakening Joshua, he was awakening him. And I'm, gonna I'm about to send you over the Jordan to go take possession and conquer. You've been in a wilderness where you've survived, where you've coped, and that's good enough for a season. How many felt at times I've survived for a season? That's good if you survived a diagnosis, you survived a heartbreak, you survived something, but at some level, your DNA, because you got data in your DNA. You got spiritual genes in your DNA now because Christ is your life. His blood changed your blueprint of your DNA, your genetic code. You got his gene in you. Oh, this is, pay attention, Rush. 
His gene demands I can't survive. I got to grow. I got to become. I got to evolve. I got to stretch. I got to move forward. Anybody, come on, somebody. Anybody feel that in your heart? I don't want to do a rerun on 23. There were some highs and there were some lows. I don't want to do a rerun. I don't want to go back into the old, come on, or the new doing the old thing. I don't want my normal to become my enemy. But watch what God does in America. You're going to see a disruption, and you're going to see all these creators begin to emerge. God has advocates in all kinds of school system. You're going to start watching advocates arise. Rahabs that were not known as Jesus people are all these Jesus people are going to emerge. They're going to emerge in the earth, and they're going to raise up a standard, and they're not going to be able to impose what that, what that spirit behind a lot of politicians is trying to impose, that the government will run you. It's not time for that yet. You don't got to live in fear that this is the very end of times. It's challenging times. It's dark times. But in the dark, God does his best work. In the beginning, it was dark, and then God started speaking in the dark. It didn't stay dark. As he was with Jesus, so he is with you. He didn't check if you sinned last night. He checked if you believed in his work of the cross to say, I'll be with you. Come on. Stop. Come on. Disqualifying yourself, saying, I messed up last night. I messed up then. He ain't checking your qualifications. He's checking on Jesus. He punished Jesus, though he doesn't got to punish you. He can bless you because he punished Jesus. That's double jeopardy. You can't punish the same crime twice. Somebody ought to get a revelation of this. God ain't punishing you. Stop punishing yourself. Pink had a great prophetic song. Don't let me get me. I'm my own worst enemy. I'm a hazard to myself. When you start believing wrong about yourself... Even God's intentions get frustrated because you don't demand very much of yourself anymore. Something's wrong with me. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Which one? Oh, but I'm saved by grace. Well, which one are you? You can't be bipolar. You're either a sinner or you're saved by grace. Which one are you? Am I sick or am I healed? Am I tormented or am I peaceful? Am I righteous or am I unrighteous? Am I blessed or am I cursed? Am I a dreamer or a survivor? What, 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 what? God does his best work in the dark. He speaks and he creates in the dark. He builds a world in the dark. It says in the dark, the spirit of God began to move. Because, man, I don't know about you. What you've been feeling lately is the Holy Spirit provoking you. Why is he provoking you? Because he knows what's in you. There's a GPS that's built in you. It's called the Holy Ghost. He's holy. He's a Holy Spirit. He's not a human spirit. He's a Holy Spirit. If you're not careful, you'll start buying in to the system of the world. That's a human spirit. We just want peace and love. The challenge is you're disconnected from the source of peace and love. He is love, and he is your peace. Everything else is a counterfeit. It might look right. It might be the right celebrity advocating for it. But if it's not connected to him, anybody with me on this kind of a thing? Come on, the Spirit of God is provoking believers all over because there's a new leader emerging. It says the death of Moses. 
There was a death of Moses, a death of an era, a death of an era where they'd wandered in a wilderness long enough. And God said, I need to come after a new leader. I got to come after a new leader. What is he doing? He's challenging the leader in you. I don't know about you. Leaders don't accept things the way they are. They, they have the ability to make life work for them, not res, react to life. Who are the leaders you respect the most? Are they the ones that made decisions not based on popular opinion? Are they the ones that decided to do something with life? When you've led your life, has it been because you made a decision? It wasn't accidental, was it? It was highly intentional. How many know it's your decisions today are going to create the tomorrow that you're going to experience? That's why Jesus Christ said this, either make the tree good, it's fruit, good, or make the tree bad, it's fruit, bad. The tree will be known by its fruit, but you get to determine the fruit. Come on, you want some different fruit in 24? Anybody want some richer and some sweeter fruit? Come on. Not some sour fruit. Come on, some sweeter fruit. Please slap the person next to you like you was in T.D. Jakes' church and say, please be sweeter than you was last year. Watch this for a minute. Watch this. God comes to Joshua. Joshua, I need you to arise. It's my time clock. I'm not looking at the time of the year. It's my time clock. There's a time clock. There's a time clock in God. The Bible says everything's beautiful in its time. That's what I love about Pastor Phil's teaching. There's a prophetic edge to it. It keeps you in the ki- in moving in God's timing. I respect that because anybody could get up here and just read words. It takes another thing to have revelation so you move with God. How many of the children of Israel did not move with God? They forsook their protection and their provision. If God moves, you better move with him. Come on, when you move, you move in it just like that. That was a good song. I don't even know who sang that one, but I like that one. It was a hip-hop song. Got 10 minutes here. Watch. He comes to Joshua. He says, I need you to arise. I need you to arise. It's time to go over. It's time to cross over. The word crossover is an interesting word. You look it up in the Webster's Dictionary and and other dictionaries, it means this. One element is you need to depart from. To depart from, yeah, you got to purge. Some of you got to purge if you're going to make some progress. You can't purge for your spouse. You can't purge for your neighbor. You got to purge on yourself. Come on, somebody. Somebody got to purge. Come on. Number one, you got to, I want to purge some things in my life that can't fit where I'm about to go. Some of us, that's attitudes. Some of us, that's attitudes. Something's wrong with me. I don't like you. You're not my color. You're not my culture. You're not my background. You're not my political ideology, my idea. How many know that our attitudes become the clamp on what God can do and what he can't do? He's limited himself as a man thinks in his heart, so does he become. Are there a certain thought that robs you the most or an attitude that keeps your marriage, that keeps your relationships, that keeps you as a person or a believer, and it hinders and steals from you the most that I need to purge before the night's out? I need to say, you know what? I'm going to leave this thing in the blood of Jesus. I'm going to repent for owning it, complaining about it, talking about it. I need to leave this behind. Because when these guys were only in the wilderness for 40 years because of their complaining, They had an attitude that we're complaining, God, we're victims. We're victims. I don't know about you. Jesus did not die so you could live a victimhood mentality. Victims live by pity. They want handouts. We feel so sorry for you. No, 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 no. 
He created people that would be more than conquerors, victors. Come on. He said, no, 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 I, you got to leave some things behind, but crossover means to not just leave behind. What do you need to leave behind, by the way? What do you need to leave behind? You got to get private. If that guy's going to the bathroom by yourself today and say, God, I'm going to leave this behind, where you got a moment of isolation, where you got enough revelation, I'm leaving this behind. I'm leaving it in the blood of Jesus. I'm not just leaving it in the air. I'm saying, God, let the blood of Jesus, the most powerful weapon in the world, the blood of Jesus can cleanse me from it and break its power off my life. I want to leave this behind. They believed, they believed God did not love them. They said that in Deuteronomy 1. Therefore, God goes, I'll give you what you say. They had to leave behind all these things, so they wandered for survival because they didn't believe God loved them, and they were always complaining, and then they were around other people. Be careful because you can't outpray your influence. Let me say that again. Thank God for a heart for the house because you can't outpray your influences. Those you allow into your ears and into your mind to rent space with their thoughts, they determine how quickly your life advances or decreases. You walk with a wise, you become wise. You hang out with a fool, come on, your life will unravel. I don't know about you, I, fools mock at sin. They mock at evil. They mock at the righteous for standing up. They, they, they mock at people. They're always reproaching. They look for what's wrong. They're negative. Fools are people that got great dreams where they don't lift a finger to do anything about them. Come on. They got great imaginations and no initiation. It stays in the realm of intention, not inception. Anybody with me on this? You still feel you tracking with me? I got six minutes. Watch. He says, I want you to depart from some things, but now I want you to go enter some things. Everywhere the sole of your foot, whatever you put your foot on, or the Greek, or the Greek, or sorry, the Hebrew language is tread. What does that word mean, tread? To forcibly, focusly put your foot on something that this is mine. It's not accidental, it's intentional. This is good. Anybody with me on this thing? So what are you going to put your foot on that when you walk in and the clock strikes tonight, Ryan Seacrest on TV does the big thing. If you're at a party, come on, and you make out with your spouse, come on, or whatever, whatever song they're playing, or if you're watching Taylor Swift and Kelsey, whoever, you know, the football guy, do their thing on New Year's, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's New Year's Eve. When that clock hits midnight and it is a new day in the year and all of a sudden things are new, what will you put your foot on and say, this is mine? Health is mine this year. Peace is mine this year. The Bible says you will look in triumph, Psalm 59, what I put under your foot. But he can't put it under your foot till you put your foot on it. The steps of a righteous man steps left, right. Someone needs to put your foot down on something. Say, you know what? Home ownership's going to be mine this year. I just don't see how it could happen. That kind of thinking will take you back to the wilderness. It's time to cross over. This isn't based on your expertise or your background or your bank account. You serve Jehovah Jireh. I am the Lord that provides. 
As I was with Paul, I'll be with you. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. As I was with Samson and with David, I'll be with you. As I was with David, David wanted to build my house. Therefore, I said, because you want to build my house, I'll build your house. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome if you had a heart for the house? I'll build your house this year, God. I'm going to put my foot down on that sucker. I'm going to build what you're building because I will build my church, he said, and the gates of hell won't prevail. That means if I'm invested in building in what he's building, then the gates of hell can't prevail against my house. Throw all you want, baby. There's a shield around my home. No devil and demons win. You can't steal here. You can't kill here. You can't destroy here. Because I'm partnered with somebody. Have you checked out his credentials? He's Jehovah Elyon, the God above every God. Well, I, you know, I come from a small town. I just got a small salary. I know I got small things. Come on, if you always think small, you'll never live big. I was at dinner with pastors a couple weeks ago, sitting there in the middle of our meal, eating at Javier's, really nice Mexican joint. And the Lord said to take them there, so I did. And I'm sitting there with them. The Lord says, these next 10 years, I'm going to crown this work. I'm going to do a crowning on this work. You don't see it the way I see it, says the Lord. You see it as this, but God sees it as this. So I prophesying to this gentleman I'm sitting with. And he, he was so discouraged because he tried a building project. It had not gotten off the ground as quick as he wanted. His church had to battle so many stipulations in the England with all the COVID stuff and the political stuff. And he was just having so much challenging times, what was going on. And the Lord gives him a word that totally defies his logic. It defies the situation that I'm going to put my crown on this work and this work is going to promote you and the people that have spoken ill and even your own thoughts of doubt against it, I'm going to confound and I'm going to promote this work. I'm saying this for a reason. Within 30, excuse me, 26 hours later, true story, no fabrication, Mark, Pastor Mark and Jillian out of Birmingham, England, they, they, I, he comes, you never guess what happened. You never guess what happened. Well, what happened? You gave me that work that, that God was going to crown this work. Prince Charles, now King Charles, called our ministry a couple hours ago. We have no affiliation with the king or queen of England. The king has called and said, what are you doing for the poor? I want to get behind it, and I want to honor you, and I want to bring you to the palace. They put it in the London Gazette three weeks ago as a done deal. Don't tell me God don't see what you do in the small plate. God sees what you put your foot down on. When you put your foot on something in his name, he had put his foot on and he started to take his foot off. And God was saying, no, I'm going to crown that sucker. Some of you have taken your foot off the healing, your foot off the freedom, your foot off the blessing you know that's in your heart, the foot off because it didn't happen in your timetable. But what if God's redeeming time? What if he's speeding up time? What if there's a crown that's about to come upon you if you'll put your foot down on freedom's mine, creativity's mine, favor's mine in 24. Joy is mine in 24. Strength is mine in 24.
peace is mine. Freedom, eyesight's mine. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Someone say it's mine. Someone say it's mine. Forget who's around you. I don't know what you need to say is yours. Everybody stand up and just say, it's mine. If I can get the worship band up here, someone say, it's mine. This is my time. This is my season. I'm crossing over. I'm coming out of defeat. I'm coming into a place of victory. I'm coming into ownership. I'm coming into strength. I'm coming into a shift. I was shook, but not sifted. I've been shifted. This is my season. This is my season to defy the odd, to cross over, to leave a legacy, to possess promise. This is my time. I will conquer. I will conquer. I don't know, maybe you need to say, I will conquer fear. I will conquer addiction. I will conquer negative thoughts that haunt my mind. I will conquer excessive spending. I will conquer foolishness. I will conquer criticism. I will conquer. Don't let social media be your prophet. You need to be the prophet in your own home. The Bible says, I wish all my people were prophets and they would declare God's word. Look at me. Look at me, all you powerful people. This is a time, and I hope you're hearing a voice that's working through 5'11 and a half, 6 foot, 175 pound white guy with not a lot of hair. Hopefully you're hearing the Holy Spirit touch your spirit. Not for the sake of you just shouting, but the devil hates it when you shout because when you shout, your walls fall down. He hates it when praise is in your mouth. He hates it when you say amen. He hates it because your words either give life to him or death to him. Jesus overcame him with words, not with thoughts. You want to overcome your spiritual adversaries? Get God's word in your mouth. It's only powerful when you speak it. You overcome by the blood and by the word of your testimony, the word of your prophecy. I don't know what you need to prophesy about 2024. You're about to step into it naturally, but you need to say, I'm going to step in with the spirit of love. Come on. Lust is not all my life. I'm not looking to get everything. I'm looking to give everything. I'm looking to contribute. This is a time to create you say, is it going to happen? Yeah. You're going to see a massive downfall in the housing market. It's going to be an opportunity for people to buy. Ownership will be a great opportunity in this year. You're going to watch something and there's going to be a big disruption. It will be over the election. You're already seeing tremors of it. There will be a removal of one and there will be an uplifting of another. The person that I've chosen, my choice. Not church's choice, my choice, says the Lord. For fortunes in this land will be restored. 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 What I find ironic about, he needed a leader. He said, I want you to go over to an area inhabited by the Canaanite. To us, who the heck's the Canaanites? Is it like Brown Brotherhood? Whittier Vario Locos? Come on, somebody. Is that like the Crips? Is that like the Bloods? What is it? 
You know what they used to do? Sexualize children and sacrifice children and give them confusion over their ideology of who they were sexually so they could get them to sacrifice and government could run them. Do your homework. Don't tell me that same spirit's not working now. And God's solution was not for us to escape and go to heaven. That will happen one day. But not yet. Not yet. Because Jesus is not coming for an anemic, powerless, weak church that he bought with his blood. He's looking for men and women just like you that he saved, he redeemed, he had mercy on to raise your voice, to raise your hands, and to cross over and possess things and not let governments, not let other people determine who our kids become, who our cities become. Because by the blessing of the righteous, our city will get exalted not by the lack of blessing of the local government, by the blessing of the church. How many want to see your city rise again? How many want to see kids, come on, be able to love and live and have freedom? Come on. How many want to see integrity come back where we don't have to second guess everybody's motives that talks because they're bought? There's a crack in the code. I said this to James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, who's exposed Johnson & Johnson, IBM a couple days ago. The governments wanted to kill him. He's like Julius Assange. I prophesied to him two days ago. It's what the Lord says to you. There's a crack in the code. I'm about to bring a vindication. I'm about to bring a vindication and a judgment because God's known by his judgments. He's not judging people. He stands for righteous things. He already judged Jesus for people. But he stands and says, I'm going to put my foot down so that freedom can come to people, goodness can come to people, hope can come to people, and I can eradicate wickedness. Because when the wicked are in authority, people groan. Tell me people aren't groaning right now around the world. Around the world. I go around the world. This year was in eight, nine countries. Around the world. And they're waiting for someone, a leader like you. you. Say, well, I'm not a big leader. Yeah, you are in your world. God could have had Esther here. He wants you here. God could have had Gideon here. He wants you here. God could have had Martin Luther King here today. Martin Luther King already ran his race. He wants you here. He didn't want Martin Luther King today. He didn't want Mother Teresa today. He wanted your heart. But we could take some knowledge of Mother Teresa. It's not what you do. It's how much of God's love you put into it that matters. And Jesus said, we'll know that you're our disciples by how much love we have. Let's not let anything around us knock the love out of us going into 2024. I'm going to care at a whole nother level. Someone say, come on, I'm going to care at a whole nother level care for people. Come on. I'm going to love people like I've never loved people before. I'm going to create. I'm going to create and I'm going to conquer. I'm going to conquer this year. Lift your hands to heaven, both hands. Close your eyes. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me right now with your power, your wisdom, your strength. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.